Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, man. (laughs) So much to talk about this week. But before we do anything, tell them what we got coming up. All right. MMA is getting a little bit light as we get towards the end of the year. So we're going to be working on a best of the year show for you guys. Um, And then probably doing some MMA Jeopardy. Maybe uh, going for an interview or two here. So... No more cards really coming up. No, 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 not at all. Uh, just this week's fight night. But uh, I don't know. It was an interesting way to end a year. But um, we can talk about that. If you want to do the news first, though, we can get right to that. Sure. We, let's uh, we'll get right into it with MMA judging. Obviously, we had some issues um, this weekend. Um, a couple different issues. We'll start with the Bellator issue. Uh Stotts got a a win over um, Savatello in the main yes. event, um, but one of the it was a split decision. One of the judges had all five rounds for Savatello. Right, right. First time that's ever happened, I believe in in the history of the sport. Yeah, so we had the privilege. We were watching it with a guy who actually trains uh, UFC uh, a UFC fighter, and uh, yeah, <laughs> none of us saw that coming. Like we were very confused. Um, Sabatel really impressed me in this uh, fight. Um, just like, his wrestling is, you know, like he's so good and he doesn't get tired. And I thought his striking was, you know, okay with Stotts. You know, at least I didn't that feel front like front kick was good. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was impressed. But uh, yeah, this judges is crazy, man. And one of these judges ended up being one of the judges on this UFC card. Doug Crosby, yeah, yeah, I believe that's his name. Yeah, he, that was, he ended yeah. up had some more controversial decisions. Um, we flew this motherfucker in for this, right? Yeah. From like Connecticut to Nevada, like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yep, he's another one. He scored the fight for Patty um, in his his fight, and I believe uh, he was a score the fight for Jan in the Ankalaev and yeah. Jan fight too. So. A lot of questionable decisions from, from yeah. this one guy. No accountability, of course, because uh, athletic commissions don't have any accountability when it comes to judging. So it didn't get the most attention, but I actually thought, uh, and again, I'm not the guy's biggest fan or anything, Sabato. I thought Stotts, I thought that was the actual worst decision of the weekend. I thought Stotts clearly won, but yeah. lost, rather. Oh, you thought Stotts lost. So- oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, initially I did too. And then, um, I've seen a bunch of clips and I heard, uh, morning com, uh, combat talking about this and, uh, and I think they're right. So Sabatello, he had a lot of control time, okay, um, a lot of takedowns, but he really didn't do any damage. Um, he, he didn't go for submissions and that's true. He, he really did just try to lay on top of stops. 
So I, I guess that's where they're going with that. And Stotts landed the heavier shots when mm-hmm. they were on the feet, the more impactful and damaging shots. So, so we're going to talk about the UFC 282 card in a bit, but just jumping here ahead a little bit. I was with, you don't know this because we haven't talked, but I was with uh, my buddy Pete live. I ended up staying home. I watched it live. And um, <laughs> I said to him, Patty might win this fight. <laughs> and here's why I said that final round, which I know Dana said was a terrible game plan by Jared Gordon, but all the focus has been on Patty. Win this. And by the way, I don't think Patty won the fight, but I said he might win this fight because I gave Gordon clearly the first round. I think Patty etched out the second round in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then in that third round, I thought Gordon used a lot of control time, but Patty had like one little takedown, but it was really nothing. And the majority of that fight was Gordon holding up against the cage. Yeah. But I said to Pete, I said, we don't know how the judges are going to score that because some of them, they don't care some of these judges. And then Cormier would go on after the pay-per-view and talk about how he thought Gordon won too. But he says, there seems to be a thing now with judging where they're not favoring the control time as much as they used to, which is fine, but we should probably know about that. And that should be a little more clear. So just since it has to do with judging, I find that to be interesting. And I don't feel a lot of people are talking about it because I think the big story here is fuck Patty, <laughs> you know, and then Patty didn't do himself any favors the way he acted. No. But I do think there's an interesting story here when you compare the Bellator fight card and you compare this one to what is control time mean in MMA right now? And I think that's a discussion to have at some point. Right. I obviously the criteria for judging needs to either be clear or be changed. And I, I think also it would help going back to the accountability thing. If these judges, you know, that they were part of a post fight press conference or something, or they yeah. did little notes that, you know, came out about why they scored a round a certain way. Like that sure. would, at least fighters would know what they're looking for and what needs to be done. You know? And I guess one of the things when I brought up that uh, Crosby flew in from Connecticut to Nevada, part of me also thinks like, we don't have any other judges that are like around or anybody. Is there a shortage? Like, why did we need to fly to that? Clearly he's not elite. You know? So I don't, I don't get it. It's just, that's confusing to me, but yeah, um, I, I don't understand that either, but I feel like we talk about this for a while. So any other, let's talk about some other new subjects. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about Patty. Um, is he turning heel now? Uh, yes. do you, so, <laughs> He had that whole thing with Ariel, right? Did we talk about that right. last week? I, we we might have touched on it a little bit, but yes, basically, uh, he shitted on Ariel, saying that he's a content content creator, not a journalist, and he wants to be paid for his time. Um, Ariel um, Sugar Sean talked about this, and he said he thought he was surprised Patty came out so hard against Ariel. You know, you can't hate on Ariel for doing this; like this is his job. And his point was that. If I'm going on a podcast, I don't really get anything out of it. If they don't have any followers or anything, I'll ask for some money, he said, because that's my time. And But with Ariel, he has such a large audience. It's really kind of mutual thing. Now, Hawani was insulted that someone asked for money. Um, I guess, you know, I mean, <laughs> again, we don't have Hawani's audience. I've had people ask for money, so it's not insulting, but... I think it's kind of really just depends on the people. Like, I mean, I think that was a great point by O'Malley that like, if you're both, it's a mutual thing. You're getting something out of it. Otherwise it sounded individual. People want to ask us for money. You can ask, I'm not going to get it, but you know what I mean? And then like at the same time, unless you're 
you know, like I feel like you could do something for us. It has to be a mutual exchange and everything. Yeah. Going down a bit of a rabbit hole there. Uh, Pimlet, uh, obviously shitted on Hawani. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of Hawani. I think I, I get what Patty's saying when he calls him a content creator. Uh, He's an instigator. Everyone knows he's an instigator or whatever. But he is a journalist, and he is one of the, if not the best MMA journalists that we have. Um, you know, with that comes a lot of being in the limelight, obviously. And he has a personality, and uh, he doesn't like to be disrespected. So he goes at guys. Yeah. Um, that's his prerogative. It's probably yeah. my least favorite thing about him. But... um so that whole thing happened and, but you know, I, I don't fault Ariel for his take on, on the matter. Uh, I think Patty handled it, you know, poorly that again, that's not something you get that upset about. And and there was stuff too. Ariel basically produced like voicemails and of stuff course. too. Yeah. Cause he, he did. Always, he, he's organized. <laughs> the man is organized. Is. And so basically Patty had wanted to get together with him and he said, Hey, uh, you know how I am. I got some stuff going to talk to my manager. Then he showed a text from his manager. He said, we had some paid gigs, but if you want to pay him, that's what Hawani was insulted. But I mean, Pimbo had basically, um, it, you know, like he just said basically that, you know, Hawani, um, you know, like he didn't want to even do a show and Hawani, which wasn't true. Like no. and wouldn't contact yeah. him. And yeah. So it yeah, sounds like voice, it was a mis- the voice memos for it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a misunderstanding. And I think they decided, my guess is what happened is probably Pimwood's manager decided to try to get a payday out of it. Maybe Pimwood had no, no idea. Maybe he didn't. Hawani got pissed, and Pimwood either listened to his manager or either way just didn't like the fact that Hawani was upset about it. You know, he probably didn't like the reaction. Okay, I'm going to shit on Hawani with Dana while Dana's on the show. Dana will love this. But now it gets back to Hawani, <laughs> you know, who's rightfully upset. Yeah. And it becomes a thing. And again, I, I find Hawani's. Uh, Interview style. Sometimes I just find it frustrating. Like somebody will not answer a question, but he's going to keep going. Some people love that because he's going to keep going back. He's going to keep going back until he right. gets an answer. And I don't. I personally like you. I find it a little frustrating. Like, all right, he said fucking no. We we'll just move on to something. But right. Yeah. I mean, so Patty didn't start the week off, you know, no. in anyone's good graces, and then he had that fight, you know. <clears throat> this was a good measuring stick for Patty. You know, he's getting all this Connor like hype or whatever. Um, and, and going into the fight, we'll, we'll get into the fight more when we go through the card, but was not the performance that he needed with all this hype he's getting at, at this mm-hmm. level. You know, he should be dominating uh, Jared Gordon. He did not dominate him and, and uh, arguably I'll be nice. Arguably lost that fight. Um, and instead of, you know, being respectful like Jan was in his case, uh, he denied any, uh, you know, any facts that he could have lost that fight. And that is very cringy to me and not a big fan of that. And that de- his stock definitely dropped with me for sure. And a little out of character in the sense, too, if you look at the fights that he's won or he's finished He's actually talked about he felt like he had a bad performance. Yeah. So how did you not have a bad performance here then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So um I don't know. I, about I, last week, I we like this guy with the whole dog where he talked about his dog pooped on a guy. He, I don't know. I mean I it was funny because I happened to catch an old clip. It was just in my feed on one of these Instagram things. 
where he talked about mental health and he had a friend who committed suicide and everything like that. And I'm just trying to think like, okay, it's still the same guy. Did he just handle this shit really bad? And then I thought about it. Like, you know, if he gets a fight in the UK and he has a like awesome performance, like he's probably popular again. So, right. So here's what I think the problem is. I think that he realized, you know, maybe got a bit of a wake up call at, the level of skill that he's at in this UFC right. and maybe some insecurities are coming oh, through sure. with these people saying you didn't win that fight, you know, and he's a little bit insecure about his skill set at the moment. Um, and that's what caused him to be defensive and say, there's no way, you know, he just held me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you, he didn't even say the fight was close. I mean, you have to at least acknowledge that it was close, but, Anyway, yeah, I, I'm not writing the guy off and saying that he's oh, yeah. garbage and he has no skills or whatever. The UFC is bringing him along. I'm excited to see who they give him next. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was not a good performance from him. And uh, post-fight interview was bad. He tried to make a joke with Rogan about the aerial thing. Yeah. Joe wasn't having it. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was not a, not a good showing from Patty for sure. But No, absolutely not. It was not good for Patty. Move on to uh, another fight we're going to talk about. Um, unfortunately, I, th- I believe we're both fans of Darren Till, but mm-hmm. he lost again. Uh, another knee injury. What does the UFC do with Till now? Do you think he's going to get cut? This is three losses no. in a row. I don't oh. think he is because Dana said uh, that was his fight tonight. And yes. Dana said that, yeah. So uh, I think Till said he's going to take some time off and he still plans on fighting. He's just going to go back to the drawing board. So I think that's honestly where we're at with this. I think it's that simple. Um, it wasn't a great performance. It was a kind of crossroads fight where I do. We all looked at it like that. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting. His opponent there, um, Duplice, Duplice. Yeah, he had talked about. Um, and he was very respectful, and he said there was no disrespect to Darren Till, but he says at middleweight, I don't think Till is going to be the contender. He said, I think he needs to find a way to fight at welterweight. I think that's his weight class. I think we're too big for him. And he says, and I don't mean that in a hateful way. Yeah, he, he's an in-betweener like Cowboy was, you know, with the between 55 and welterweight. You know, if they had a weight class between welterweight and middleweight, uh, that would be perfect for Till because he has such a struggle to make welterweight at this point. Um, Yeah. I don't think he's going to get cut either because, like you said, it was fight of the night. But it was alarming um, how easily he was taken down. I know that he he said he tore his ACL. I don't know at what point. But, I mean, he wasn't even close to stopping any of the takedowns. He's been, you know, hanging out with uh, Hamza for a year now. His takedown defense was worse, I think. So, uh, I don't know. He needs to do something, some sort of huge reset. I don't know. I, I hope he figures it out, though. I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love the guy. I hope he definitely gets it together. But um, tough fight, and uh, Dupuis we'll talk about later. But Great great chin on, on Till, too. In that first round, he took a real beating and uh, came back, and, and he just really couldn't pull the trigger. He he hurt Dupuis, and he, he couldn't finish him. Arguably, he should have finished him. Yeah. The took some hits later on, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So he just gassed out. Really, I think was yeah, you know, oh, from yeah. from whooping Till's ass. But he did. yeah, yeah. All right, we'll move on to uh, obviously uh, this 
main event was a split draw. So the title is still vacant for lightweight and they've already matched up the next title fight and it'll be Glover versus Jamal Hill. Hmm. So with that being said, Jamal Hill was already matched up against Anthony Smith, who found out live on the broadcast that he was losing out in that fight. How do you, a couple questions here. How do you, how do you uh, feel about the UFC informing their fighters in such a way? Number one. And what do you think about that matchup and the fact that they're not doing the rematch of Jan and Ankalaev? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on. I say here, Thomas, uh, what's up guys? Let's fucking go. Let's make money for that last event. <laughs> Yeah, man, we talked about that Hank Elias for Thomas. <laughs> yeah. I was one. I I thought he won, Tom. <laughs> yeah, he got he got host. Yeah, but um, as far as um, the Anthony Smith situation goes, horrible way to find out. Uh, real shitty. Um, so yeah. unprofessional from the organization. Like yeah. that couldn't wait until. Just so unprofessional. Here's how here's how it works. Honestly, though. You know, like, they're not thinking about that. They don't give a shit. They don't even probably remember Anthony Smith is on their fucking pre-show. So they're just out here trying to make the fight, and it's a spur-of-the-moment thing. It was very uncharacteristic, actually. Um, I don't, you know, and honestly, somewhat, the heart was someone in the right place. Like, they were like, okay, fans didn't like this. Let's turn around and give them something exciting in Brazil. This fight card's coming up, and let's make it happen. Could have waited a few hours. If somebody was thinking... They weren't. So at the end of the day, it just comes down to a lot of problems with a lot of companies, communication, and just thinking a little bit ahead. Like, hey, we didn't really, you know, this is kind of disrespectful. And uh, yeah, Anthony Smith, uh, that that's unfair and a bummer. Um, I think as as Anthony Smith up, is also going to be, uh, I think he said he was going to go to Jamal Hill's camp and help him train for Glover because obviously he fought Glover before, hmm. uh, which is just another interesting tidbit. Yeah, and I, it's a great, it's an interesting fight, and it's a great opportunity for Jamal Hill with the draw and the injuries and coming off a victory. He just kind of slips right into the perfect situation that he probably wouldn't normally get, mm-hmm. and against a guy like Glover, who I would personally still favor because Glover still looks really sharp at his age, but Glover is getting older. Like, man, is there ever going to be a better opportunity for Jamal Hill in his career to be light heavyweight champion? This is something else. And Glover does take shots too. So can he take yeah. Jamal Hill shots? Nobody really seems to be able to take them right now. So no. great no, opportunity. No, no. It's, yeah. a, it's a swing style matchup and it's a great opportunity for Hill. Right. So Glover's uh you know supremely uh confident in his grappling skills as he should be. So obviously I think he, he his game plan would be to take Jamal Hill down and, and try not to strike with him at all. But you know, guy's a warrior. So oh, yeah. He might just stand up. We'll go on to the next side, but real quick, Thomas. Yes, I definitely think Hill has a chance. It, I would define it as a puncher's chance. I think Glover is the better overall fighter, but Glover's getting older. Like we just said, Hill hits really hard. So, yeah, Hill's definitely got a chance. But you want right. to get to the UFC 282 card? Yeah, let's move on to the UFC 282. We're going to pass over the prelims, although they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. All finishes. Um, we're just gonna go right to the main card. So we'll start with Bryce Mitchell and Ilya Taporia. Taporia looked fantastic here. Um, I actually one of my uh, fights I was thinking about making was uh, Taporia and Patty uh, Pimlet. 
even though they're in different weight classes, they keep beefing with each other. And I thought if you put it at UK, like it's going to be big money. Um, but um, I don't know. Uh, you know, like uh, it was funny. I heard Luke Thomas say it. Like he feels like the board is light years better than Pimbwood at this point in career. And he said he thinks that it's a way to end Pimbwood's career at this point. You do not make this match up. Um, so I'm really curious to see at, you know, featherweight what they end up doing uh, with Deporia next, but he looks as sharp as can be. And, uh, you know, I think we picked him last week. I, I thought I did anyway, like, but like, he's just, his, his striking. Wow. You know, or maybe we did pick Mitchell. Cause of the no, rest. I picked Bryce. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless, uh, I was super impressed with Deporia. Yeah, I mean, I knew that he was dangerous, but uh, I did not think Bryce was going to get dominated in those grappling exchanges like he was. Um, He said he had the flu, so whether he did or he didn't, um, you still got to turn up on fight night and perform. And, you know, even if you're not 100%, he was not able to. I'm sure he'll be back and look great. But, uh, yeah, Teporia is a monster everywhere, on the feet, on the ground super powerful um i agree with you i think he and luke thomas i think he walks through patty at this point um i don't think we're gonna see that fight because the ufc is gonna be trying to protect him i'll throw one fight at you real quick uh versus calvin cater that's a great matchup uh big Mm -hmm. step up in competition for sure um that's i think he deserves it though yeah yeah it's tough, tough to call tough fight to call yeah, I'd be interested to see that. All right. All right. Move on. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, but Darren Till versus Driscus Duplices. Driscus Duplices uh, was a tough name for me to say, but I have it memorized now because he deserves it. Um, he looked fantastic here. Tough to watch against Till. But uh, yeah, I was super impressed with Driscus. Um, I was actually thinking uh, for another future fight here, maybe him versus uh, Marvin Vittori. Like, I know it's a big step up. But if Marvin doesn't have a title fight or is looking for a fight, I don't know. I'd like to see how he'd do with a guy. Driscus would do a level of that competition. Two super powerful guys. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great matchup. I it, um, Yeah, we, we talked about Till. Bummer for him. Yeah. He couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, needs to work on his takedown defense for sure. Maybe go change a weight class. But as far as Driscus, um. Super powerful um, when it comes to striking and, you know, just being a strong guy in there as far as grappling. But uh, cardio was an issue. I know he threw a lot of punches and really emptied the gas tank until in that first round. But he carries a lot of muscle, so he's always going to have cardio issues for sure. Um, I'm not sure about his defensive wrestling. I, Marvin might eat him up. But, yeah, yeah I'm excited. I that's a big step up in competition for him. Maybe a little bit too much, but uh, I'd watch it for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll move on to Alex Morano versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah. Morano, uh, Morano. Uh, that's the guy I thought, I thought he was going to pull it off sort of, and boy, he was looking great here too. Uh, but Ponzinibbio third round, his corner tells him you're losing the fight. You need this. And he comes out like an animal. And, uh, man, he looked like the Ponsonibia of old right here. <laughs> like, it was uh, something to watch. Um, yeah, and uh, Alex, for taking the fight on short notice, still got his win bonus, too. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. 
Um, Ponce Nibio, I was trying to think of a fight for him. I actually came up with uh, Michael Chiesa. I don't think they fought, and they're both in that welterweight ranks. Chiesa brings more wrestling to the table. So I think oh, yeah. But uh, Ponce Nibio has that power, too. So Yeah, that's a good matchup for sure. Tough, uh, tough for Ponce Nibio, I think. If Michael Chiesa comes in with his mind right, he's gonna he'll take Ponzinibbio down, and Ponzinibbio won't be able to get back up. But as far as the fight with Alex, uh, yeah, I was I I did think that Ponzinibbio was gonna win and be a TKO in the third round or whatever. Um, but I, I thought it would because thought it would be because Alex got tired from no camp, but he was in phenomenal shape. He looked great. Uh, as you said, he was winning the fight for sure. Um, he just got caught with that Ponsonibio power. The slow motion replay and his jaw going <laughs> crooked and oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a bad shot for sure. But uh good for Santiago. Uh, I'm excited to see what both guys do next. Absolutely. Um, move on. Oh, Another fight we talked about. Uh Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon. So all right. Obviously, I didn't think Patty won the fight, like we said. But the big, uh, I think, a big underlying story here is to uh, what does control time mean in MMA right now? Because it's two times now with the Bellator card and this UFC card, we saw guys who had control time not end up getting the victory. So uh, that being said, as far as how to book Patty in the future, we're looking at a guy who's got a big hype train still, means something out there in the Europe market, UK. He's tough to book because what's his skill level really at now? Like Jared Gordon, God bless him, is a comp, you know competent fighter, but he's not, you know, like he's nowhere near the elite of the lightweight. So it's not like he can put Patty against them. He's going to get crushed, I think. Um, I think personally, um, I thought the Deporia matchup was interesting because of Patty's size, but I think you, I think Luke Thomas made great points that maybe the skill level is just, again, too far different right now. So I said, you know what? Do this in the UK. And rematch these two. I mean, I don't think it's that crazy that he can still beat Gordon. And I don't think it's crazy Gordon can beat him. We thought it happened. Do it in the UK. You can kind of build off this. And honestly, the guy's not ready for a step up. And you don't want to kill this hype train yet. So do it in the UK. Uh, You know who has a similar problem to Patty where it comes to all the hype and... uh you know, no hard to find an opponent that matches his hype is Jake Paul. So um, just think that's an interesting uh, correlation between those two, but um, I don't know about a rematch between those guys. I don't think the UFC is going to want to do that. They don't give a shit about Jared Gordon. They don't want him to get any shine off of Patty. Um, Not obviously not a great matchup. Um, I, I, I saw a Twitter post. Somebody posted all the unranked lightweight fighters that they would give an advantage over Patty. Uh, and yeah. it was a long list and, and I agreed with a lot of them, but yeah. I know Michael Johnson called for a fight against Patty and uh, that's a step up in competition for sure. But stylistically, um, you know, he, it could be good for Patty. Uh, he's in, has holes in his ground game. He's and, a name. Yeah. And he's a name. So but I mean Patty does take shots, you know, obviously yeah. keeps that chin up high, and Michael like Johnson it. can knock people out. So mm-hmm. it's a good matchup, I think. So maybe that is next. 
uh, you know, Patty won. They want to keep moving him up. That, that's a step up. Yeah, I like that matchup a lot, actually. All right, move on to <laughs> yeah, the main event. Jan Blakovich versus Magomed Ankalaev. So here's another one I was with Pete and I called, too. I said, although, again, I thought Ankalaev won, but the way it finished and the closeness of some of these rounds, and I said, you know, if Ankalaev got a 10-8 here, but, you know, Jan got a couple close rounds. I'm like, I could see this being a draw. A draw. <laughs> a majority draw. It was again. Again, I thought Egolaf won the fight, though. I thought he did enough to win. Um, but at the same time, I honestly wasn't really too upset. Like with the Patty one, I definitely thought, you know, Patty lost. But like with this, like the draw didn't, I don't know. I just it's- thought John. It's the fact that it's a split draw that is the problem. And the scorecards. Yeah, it goes back to the MMA. Is One guy had it for Inkalive, one had it for Jan, and then the other one had it as a draw. So not one judge saw the fight the same way, and that's the problem with judging. Absolutely. Uh, But uh, as far as future fights with these guys, I guess here's another one you can rematch. I don't really know what you do with them because Glover and Jamal now have the title fight, and a lot of the other key fighters are injured. So. Right. Uh, Dana was super low on this fight. You know, he said it was terrible. I, I thought the, I don't remember that. I didn't watch it back, but I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, on the feet, no. it was technical with Jan going for those leg kicks that were clearly effective against Inkaliev. Um, You know, the end of the fight, the end of the fight was a little bit boring yeah. uh, but with the grappling, but Inkaliev, that's what he had to do because he was compromised. So, you know, um, I I don't see how that was a 10-8 at the end. I, I think a draw would was fair, but uh, yeah, judging is weird. I don't know what's next for both guys. If I was them, I'd be very upset that I'm that they're not just running it back for the title or one of yeah. them fighting against Glover. But I don't know. Respect to Jan for thinking that he lost. I thought I thought he probably lost. It was either draw or he lost. I didn't think he won, but yeah, respect for him for uh, telling them to put the belt on Ankaliyev. That that's a you know lots of honorable shit from him. So oh yeah, absolutely. All right, man, we're thirty minutes in. Let's get to yeah, this. Yeah, let's cruise let's through. Get, so, here we do it. Let's cruise through this last UFC card of the year. It's uh, UFC Fight Night Strickland versus Kanier. I'm just going to go over some prelims really quick. We don't even need to talk about them. Just some notable fights. Uh, Brian Battle. Oh, first of all, you're welcome for being the uh, one that has to pronounce all these names because this is a freaking tough one. So this whole card is full of tough ones. Brian Battle versus Renat Fakradinov. Uh-huh. That's probably not how it's pronounced, but um, Brian had that nice head kick K over over Sato recently. Um, but I I think that Renat could be a big deal in the future. He's dangerous everywhere, so we're gonna see that one. Uh, Said Nurmagomedov uh, versus Sadyukov Kakramanov. Um, I don't know too much about Kakramanov, but Saeed is a good measuring stick to find mm-hmm. out where he is uh, because this is his first fight in the USC, I believe. So good measuring stick. On this card too, huh? Yep. Yep. So uh, another one to keep an eye out for name wise. Uh, Julian, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Marquez is fighting Duran Wynn. Yeah. Um, 
how is Duran Wooden still in the <laughs> UFC? He, you know, I don't want to be a hater, but the guy is the most boring fighter ever. And then he also just continues to lose. You know, he has like one in in his last four or something like that. Yeah, one in his last four. He he lost his last one. He did manage to win the one before that, but yeah, he's he best was... friends with DC. So yeah. that's he's how he's doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um Julian's exciting. Like he's an exciting uh he'll turn it into a brawl, but I think Duran probably nullifies that and we can get a decision. But yeah, uh it's stylistically not a bad fight for Duran. Yeah, but could be exciting. We'll see. Jake Matthews versus Matthew Smealsberger, Semielsberger. Um it's a good matchup. Uh could be a possible fight of the night contender, even though there are some other good fights on this card. All right, move on. Main card. Okay. Cody Brundage versus Mihal Olijekjuk. All right, Mihal is 17, 5, and 1, 12 knockouts, and has won two out of his last four fights. Cody Brundage, 8 and 2, 4 KOs, 3 subs. Cody's a finisher. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these guys are finisher. Um, I don't know. I think it's a pretty even matchup here. I, I really like this fight, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with Cody. Uh, I'm a fan of his, and I'm going to say he gets it done. I'll say uh, TKO round three. Yeah, Cody lost a decision in his UFC debut, but has two finishes since, including a KO over Trajan Gore, who I've talked about before. Um, I'm high on him. Um, He's a KO machine. I I think uh, Meow is a KO machine, though. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Meow. Uh, I think round one KO. Well, you and Thomas both have that, so obviously I'm the outside guy here. That's fine. <laughs> I might be going by heart. I like Cody, so we'll see what happens. So, all right, move on to another fight of the night contender for sure: Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. Yeah, uh, I forgot to write down Bobby Green's information here, but Bobby Green is a uh, guy that's been around forever. So here we go. Let me just do Bobby real quick. Bobby Green is 29, 13, and one. 10 KOs, 8 submissions, 11 decisions. This guy's had submission of the night, performance of the night, fight of the night three times. Bobby had like a big uh, run in the pandemic too where he was taking on a bunch of fights. Yeah, him and Kevin Holland were definitely like MVPs for... But I like Drew Dober here. Like 25 and 11, 12 KOs, 6 subs, 7 decisions. I think Dober, um, he's powerful. Like he's powerful with his wrestling, he's powerful with his strikes, and I think overall he's just a better all-around uh, MMA fighter. Like I think Bobby Green's real slick with that striking, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's going to be enough here. I like Dober. Um, I'm going to say because Green likes to uh, bring the fight too. That this is going to end in round two. TKO Dober. Yeah, Bobby's super slick on the feet, um, and I agree with you that Drew is probably the better all-around fighter because he has wrestling skills for sure. Um, he also has one of the best chins in MMA. I mean, the fights he's been in, he's taken tremendous shots and come back from. Um, so I think, you know, with Bobby being slick on the feet, Drew will try to do some wrestling. But I kind of think that uh, Bobby's going to be on the feet enough and land enough to get a decision win over Drew Dober. All right, Thomas agrees too. So I would assume on. that that Bobby's an underdog, though. I don't, I don't know the betting lines, but I would assume he's an underdog. 
Yeah, I think this is when we're all yeah, gonna it's a sweep. So <laughs> love all Bobby, right. but I just feel like Duber's too much. All right, we'll move on to Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres versus Julian Arosia. Julian Arosia is 29 in the line, uh 28 and 9, excuse me, 11 KOs, 12 subs, five decisions, three fight win streaks. Alex Caceres is 19, 13, and one. Don't let that record fool you though. Uh, he's fought a lot of tough competition, and he's been really good in his last fights. I think he might have lost his last fight. I'd have to look at, but he's got three KOs, seven subs, nine decisions. He's always a guy that you know is ready to fight. Um, that being said, Arosa on this three fight win streak, a lot of finishes here. I think I like Arosa here. I'm gonna say Arosa by decision. Uh, yeah. So I'm always a fan of Bruce Leroy for sure. Um, like you said, yeah, a bit of a salty record. A lot of those losses are earlier on, and he has been in the UFC for almost his entire career. So it is tough to have a long, you know, win heavy record when you've fought most of your career in the UFC. So the thing is with him, we're never, we never know what we're going to get, what kind of fighter we're going to get with him. He is well rounded everywhere, but so is Julian. And mm-hmm. Julian's a finisher, so I'll, yeah. I, I'm going to go with him. I'll say round three submission for Julian. I, I do want to point out, though, Bruce Leroy, has he does have a loss his last fight, but he was on his biggest win streak before that. He's won yeah. five out of his last six. So. Right, he's, he's definitely come into his own. He's been looking great for sure. Yeah, this is one of the closer fights. Yeah, but All right, we'll move on to Amir Albazai yeah. versus Alessandro Costa. All right, Alessandra's 12 and 2, 3 KOs, 6 subs, 3 decisions. Amir is 15 and 1, 4 KOs, 9 subs, 2 decisions. I look at Amir here and I see, I look at both these guys 9 subs, 6 subs. I think someone's getting subbed. <laughs> so um, I'm going to lean towards Amir in this one. Yeah, uh, they're both excellent grapplers. But until I see Costa versus UFC caliber opponents, um, I'm not sold on him. So I'm going to go with Amir by decision. I, I do think the grappling is going to nullify each other and we get a decision. All right, move on to Armin Sarukian versus Demir Ismagulov. All right, Demir is 24 and 1. All right, 12 KOs, 1 subs, 11 decisions. Armin is 18 and three, seven KOs, five subs, six decisions. Uh, this is a tough fight right here. Um, I think I like Armin, honestly. I think I like Armin by decision, uh, but this is this one's close to call. What do you think? So Armin is the dark horse of the lightweight division for me. Um, mm-hmm. He's great everywhere. He just needs to stay disciplined and make sure he takes the fight where he has a, the advantage. Um, and doesn't just get in a brawl. I think he has the advantage on the ground. Um, Demir is a huge problem for the division. He is no slouch. This is a very tough fight, but and he has nasty sprawl and brawl. But mm-hmm. I think Armin's wrestling will be enough to at least get him down one or two times, and he needs to take advantage of that. And uh, and I think he's going to get ground and pound uh, TKO. I'll say round two. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Demir's record, though, like 26 and uh, 24 and one, and he lost like his sixth fight when he was like, so he's like five and oh, well, and he's on a 19 fight win streak. That's, uh, yeah, that's but 
he's fighting he, you know he's from Kazakhstan or something so who yeah. knows what kind of opponents he's seeing I, it's it's a two like Armin uh with Thomas somebody here with Armin but against uh, Gamrot in that last performance um which like, he he lost that fight but he, he did look he looked did look great, great. Gamrot yeah. is a beast yeah so yeah so I'll Super still stick with, yeah I'll stick with Armin but this is a very good there's a lot of good like matchmaking here um this is going to be a sleeper i think yeah but let's get to that main event all right main event jared cannonier versus strong sean strickland all right strickland 25 and 4 10 ko's four subs 11 decisions he's coming off a loss over who's now the light uh heavyweight champion alex Pera. so that looks a little better now um but jared cannonier 15 and 6 10 ko's uh two submissions three decisions uh, Strickland is a guy that's always going to bring it. I don't know about his MMA IQ sometimes. Um, you know, like the way he fought against Bahara, he didn't have to do that. Whereas Jared Kanier is one of those guys to me, like, I think he fights smart, you know, and I think he's strong in the wrestling and I think he can hold his own with striking. Um, I like Kinnear, Jared Kanier here. Uh, I think it probably goes the distance, but I like uh, Jared Kanier here. I think this is entirely dependent on which cannoneer shows up. If he's hungry, if he's like the hungry killer cannoneer on the come up before he fought Izzy, um, I think he'll KO Strickland as bad as Alex did. Okay. Uh, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't get Sean's respect early, because Sean's definitely going to pressure him no matter what, um, I, I think Sean will break him. So, you know, he needs to lay in those heavy shots early to keep Sean off of him. If he doesn't, Sean's going to pressure him and uh, wear him down. And I'm rooting for Cannoneer, but I think Sean gets a round three TKO. Okay. Yeah, so your question I'm, about. I'm wrong. Yeah. Your question what Cannoneer is going to show up. Okay. So Thomas thinks Cannoneer gets it done like I do, but he says by KO. So, uh, Great opinions here, guys. We'll see uh, what happens this week on the final uh, uh, fight night of 2022. I thought it was a great year for fights overall. Mm -hmm. um, UFC 281 in particular, but we'll talk more about that on our end of the year show coming up probably in, I bet you, two weeks. I think we might do the the Jeopardy first. MMA yeah, Jeopardy. Yeah. Do some MMA Jeopardy next week, maybe. So Yeah. So, Thomas, you're back next week. Anyone back next week, feel free to jump in those comments. We're going to play a little MMA Jeopardy. So should be fun. Anything else? Uh, why don't you just tell them officially what we got coming up? Yep. So we're going to be working on that MMA Jeopardy. And then we, we're going to be working on a end of the year show for 2022 best of. Um, and, you know, possibly an interview or two if, if we get all our ducks in a row. Yep. We got someone in, uh, we'd love to get on here. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thomas, especially you in the comments. Appreciate you. Um, and uh, as always, we'll see you guys at the fights. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, 
Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.